Good morning, Lisa here from the EEL, E-E-L, Edwin Elder Library. So today we are going to do the final chapter of For Women Who Are Called by Women Who Have Answered, a book by Kim Haney and contributing authors. Um, chapter A is The Priority of the Call. Jesus asked, do you really want to please me? If you want to please God, then you will need to change your perspective of ministry, in quotation marks, ministry. Your family, your neighbors, etc. You know that is ministry? Did you know that your family, your neighbors, and etc. That is ministry. Pleasing Jesus many times includes taking the low road that is less recognized. Doing what the Lord desires of you always brings peace much contentment and fulfillment into your life. Your children or grandchildren can become your first and foremost congregation, your ministry. Children are tender-hearted and they're the soil and the soil of their hearts is prepared to receive certain spiritual seeds during their younger years. If you are married and have young children, those kids become your first and foremost calling. Catch that window of opportunity. Fulfillment comes in knowing you are operating in the ministry God had appointed to you for this season or moment and time. It will all be worth it in that great by and by, in that great day when you stand before the throne, knowing you have done the will of God. The successful mother who does her part in rearing and training the boys and girls who are to be the men and women of the next generation. 2 Timothy 1.5 Remember Lois and Eunice, the mother and grandmother. 2 Timothy 3, 14 and 15. Timothy was the product of a home with a believing mother and an unbelieving father. Still, God can use a dedicated mother or grandmother who is willing to take the time to pour into her children. Titus 2, 4 and 5. Teach the young women. There is no greater calling than to mold and set a life on course for generations to come to leave a legacy that will never die. Influence the lives of all the future generations of your family tree. Motherhood, great noble motherhood. Your children, your grandchildren will speak of you. The impact of rearing your children will live forever. When Israel left Egypt, families went together, the parents and the kids. They were not gonna leave their children behind. Put into the hearts of your grandchildren and your children a love for God. You know, train up a child in the way it should go, and when it's old, it will not depart from it. The people of God, the ways of God, give up fame, fortune, titles, position, authority, all of those things, and choose instead. Choose inside this, the lower road, the lower road, the loneliness, the suffering, the humility, etc., as important as the church and the pastor's influence, etc. As important as they are, and they are important, yes. But just think, if that's all they had, if that's all the children got to know about God was from church and the time that they spend at church or around the pastor or the other people of God, you know, that's a very minute part of their life, that they're weak. But if every second of every day that you spend with your children, you're training them, you're constantly training them and teaching them and encouraging them and loving them and putting them around people and things uh, that lift are uplifting and promote goodness and, and loving one another and all that stuff, 
We have to teach them diligently. Deuteronomy 6, 4 and 7. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord, and thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might, with all thy strength, with everything within you to love God. And in the morning when you rise and at night when you go down to bed, let it be before frontlets before your eyes, everything that you, things that you look at. Just when you go outside and you see the beautiful flowers and the natures, make sure they know God created that. God created that. The animals, all the different things that you see, God created that. People of all different skin colors, God created them. Uh, there's every every little thing, every diversity. God is a God of diversity. Look, he didn't make just one type of tree. He made all kinds of different trees. He didn't make just one kind of flower. He made all kinds of different flowers and many species within that. Like if you say a rose, well, there's all kinds of different roses and all different colors of roses. The same thing, people, there's people that like, there's people that like music and are really good at certain instruments, uh, different kinds of music and instruments within that. There's different levels, there's different genres of music. And all that stuff we need to use to glorify God. What the devil means for evil, know that God meant it for good. You can use things to glorify God. Everything, everything, whatever we do in word and in deed, we do it all as unto the Lord. And what better thing to do is to teach our children and our grandchildren. Because you know it's going to outlive us. If the Lord, if this world tarries, if God doesn't come soon, hopefully he does come soon. But if he doesn't come for another 10, 20 years, our grandchildren that are 10, my 10-year-old my grandson that's going to be 11 this year, in 10 years, he's going to be looking at 21. You know, my husband and I got married when I was 19 and my husband was 21. So see how fast those kind of things can happen. But if we train, if we've got it into him, got that instilled in him through what we teach and what through his parents teach and what he's learning through church and all those different things, then he's going to teach that to his children when it comes time for him to have children if we're still here on this earth. So that's what it is. That's what we do. That is a ministry. Titus 2, 3, and 5. Aged women, teach your younger women. A child has one childhood. One day at a time, a new experience, a new memory. When it's over, it's over. When that childhood, when he's grown, it's over, never to be reclaimed. How crucial are those formative years? That's what they call them, the formative years. That's when that's when they're learning to not become prejudiced. And not. Um, that's when they're learning to love one another. That's when they're learning how to get along and to share with their siblings and stuff like that. You start teaching them at home how, you know, we all work together, how happy we'll be to train them up. Because that only one childhood, and it's crucial, it's very important, it's the best ministry that is the most important. You know, a lot of people talk about how the fact that they don't want to have prayer and Bibles in schools, but you can have prayer and Bibles in the prisons. But, oh, man, just think the prisons would be empty. The prisons would be, there would not be so many people in the prisons if we could just teach the children when they're little to get along and teach the children about God and how to be good, how to be good people. Now, sure, there would be, there would be some that would be, not following the law, the rules because there's some there's there are children that have been brought up right that still later in life change the wrong paths but that see that's but then that's their decision that is that is between them and God because 
they can't say that it's the parents' fault because it's not the parents' fault when the parents have trained them right. So it's very crucial. We must fight for our children. Our goal is heaven. You know, this life is temporal. And I already just mentioned how fast 10 years can be. How fast 10 years go from a child, a 10-year-old child to a, um, a child that's almost approaching 11 that's going to be looking at manhood in just a few short years. So um, remember, our goal is heaven. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My house means my children and my children's children, my generations. When God calls a woman to ministry, he will never ask you to leave your husband and children and traipse all over the country. If you try to force doors and step out of your season, you will create void that will never be refilled or repaired. Children need their parents. It's just like boys. They need their dads. Boys really do need their dads in their life and their moms too, of course. But they need that. And so many dads, uh, because of job duties and stuff, are away a lot of times. And it creates a void. And then, of course, in the world, there's a lot of fathers that just abandon their children altogether. There's a lot of single moms out there raising their family because the dad is not in the picture. But even in homes that their moms and dads are both together, a lot of times the dads are working 40-plus hours a week, and they're away from the child. And so the time that they are together, it needs to be, it needs to be quality time. It needs to be time shaping and teaching and and just molding their lives. It's a I'm talking mostly about women's ministry in this book right here, but it's true. Mothers and fathers teamwork together. God's plan because children are they're like sponges. They soak it all up. They soak up what we teach them. There is great danger trying to push doors open for our ministry before their time. JT Pugh says, "Our lives are made up of seasons and each season has a beginning and an end." Embrace the season that you're in. This is the season that you are responsible for. Command children and household to keep the way of the Lord. Genesis 18 and 19. You know, the Bible that tells us to put, set no wicked thing before our eyes. You know, and a lot of times we consider that to be the television. And it can be. And it can also be the computer. It could be um, it could be books. Can Are you... You've got to watch what books you put before your children. There's a lot of junk. There's a lot of things that are in books that is not teaching the right way. So it's true. And and where you take the kids, you know, different place, uh, different things. There's um. Everywhere you just got to take this to heart. You've got to not set wicked things before your eyes. You've got to put the good things. Keep putting the good. What what sort of things are good? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are good? Report. Think on these things, Philippians 4 and 8. Put on your armor. Put on your armor, the whole armor of God. Remember, if you stay focused on that, if you have on the helmet of salvation, then that means your mind's going to be thinking of things of God. If you have on the breastplate of righteousness, then you're going to dress holy and be holy. And, and be your heart is going to be right there at your heart. The things of God is going to be right there at your heart. If you've got your loins girded about with truth, then you're gonna then you're gonna have truth is gonna keep you in check, gonna keep you fully in your right mind and keep you clothed in in um in the things of God. You're gonna have your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. That means you're gonna not go places you shouldn't go. That means that you're gonna fought, you're gonna follow peace with all men. You're gonna get along and you're gonna do good things and you're gonna have you're gonna follow in the footsteps where God leads you. Order my steps in your word, dear Lord. 
You're going to be rooted and grounded upon the word of God. And you're going to have on that, you're going to have that sword of the spirit. You know, there is nothing like the power of God and his word. It rightly, it rightly puts asunder. And just speak in the name of Jesus. You know, all power in heaven and earth belongs into that name. And when you say Jesus, enemy has to flee. Flee. The enemy has to flee. And you have that shield of faith. Do you know if you have faith, even the grain of a mustard seed, you can say into the sycamine tree, be thou cast into the sea, and it will have to obey you. Or say into the mountains, be thou removed, and it also they will be removed. Mountains of fear and doubt have to flee. So when you got that shield of faith, you know, no weapons formed against you are going to prosper, but mighty through prayer. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So get that word of God in you. Surround yourself. Fill your ears with preaching, good preaching and good singing, Holy Ghost singing. Have your home filled with glorious music, hymns that glorify Him. Praise the Lord day and night. Church should be not just a couple services a week. It should be 24-7, 365, 366 near leap year. Every day should be a day of prayer and rejoicing. And I was writing on my little story. I write a little bit on this little author um, eagle thing I've got. It's called, um, it's a little, it's a lady named Melody. And I write on there. And um, today I was talking about PT. I was talking about mine. What she is, is she's me, but she, yet she's not. Uh, on, on her, we don't have an age or anything like that. Because we want it to be geared. When I get it published, I want it to be geared that the young people would like to read it as well as the old. Well, my hand, where I broke it, um, I was talking about PT, physical therapy, but also giving God praise and thanks. That's our PT. Put on your armor on your knees and be a keeper at home and keeper of your heart. Affect lives for eternity. Well, that concludes the four women who are called by Women Who Have Answered by Kim Haney and contributing authors, ad lib by Lisa Peter. Thank you for visiting us here at the Eel, the Edmund Elder Library. I'll find another book that I'll give a book review, and we'll start that here in a day or two. God bless you. Bye-bye.